One of the issues for the Nashos is they're a forgotten part of Australia's war history. They got nothing. They didn't even get a thank you. And yet they stole us for two years. They put a rifle in your hand and said, this is how to kill people. I was lucky enough to bounce back and have kids and with happy family life, but a lot of these guys never recovered. You're listening to The Men Australia Forgot, following the stories of Australia's last conscripts and their path to reparation. Yes, that's right. This is The Men Australia Forgot, back once again. It's great to have your company. My name's Aidan Taylor. Now, if you've had the chance to catch up with all of the episodes to date, you'll know that I've spent a lot of time setting up the story of Nasho Fair Go, catching up with all of the content that I've had banked up from my initial research and pre-interviews for the series, which has been quite an extensive process over the last six to eight months. And something that's been stuck in the vault for a while is my conversation with Green Senator David Shoebridge. Now, love them or hate them, the Greens have had a really important role to play in the early days of Nasho Fair Go, especially in kickstarting their lobbying efforts. So that might surprise some people, but they've been a massive support and it's important to give credit where it's due. And one of the first people who Nasho Fair Go President Jeff Parks presented their petition to was to Green Senator Jordan John Steele and Mr. Shoebridge, who I mentioned before, and he happens to be the party's spokesperson for veteran affairs. So Jeff went and presented them this petition in May last year with 25,000 plus signatures, calling on the federal government to give those 64 to 72 Nashos the gold veterans card. And it's really important that I play that for you now to start putting on the record what our politicians are saying and what change that they think is possible. And Senator Shoebridge has a really ambitious agenda for Nasho Fair Go. So here's my chat with the Senator from December last year. Yes, I was really interested to hear your thoughts on Nasho Fairgo. I know you've had a bit to do with Jeff and how you were the first one that he presented the petition to. So when you first met him, what did you actually think of his campaign and what he was trying to achieve? Well, I think one of the uh, one of the issues for the Nashos is that they they're a forgotten part of Australia's war history and a forgotten part of the Vietnam War experience in Australia. And and I think it's because they're forgotten that they they really need to get their their foot in the door and then sit across the desk from you and explain what happened to them. And I've got to say, you meet with Jeff, you talk to some of the other Nashos, and you you realise pretty early on that they've been given been given a really raw deal. Mm-hmm. What happened to them in those five years um, um, ending in 1972 um, is really a, sort of a it's a it's an untold tale of some of the additional costs of war and in this case the Vietnam War and and they absolutely deserve the rest of us stepping up and helping them out. This whole idea that they are forgotten, I, I just find it really hard to believe that in 50 years since conscription was ended, that their stories haven't had more airtime and that they haven't been able to get that support. So you've now had at least six months or just nearly six months now to, or just over six months to get your head around the portfolio. Why do you think it is that it's taking so long? Well, I think one of the reasons is that they, they didn't head off overseas. They didn't um, engage in actual combat duty. And so uh, for some decision makers in government, the assumption is, well, therefore their lives weren't seriously impacted, their health wouldn't, wouldn't be seriously impacted, and, and they don't deserve ongoing support. But, mm. of course, uh, cast yourself back to, to that time 
being conscripted, being put into national service, being taken out of your ordinary life. These, these were young men, you know, largely 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Um, and uh, their life was turned upside down. And at a time when being put into national service often carried a lot of social pushback from their peers, uh, from the broader culture in the time, which which was very critical of the Vietnam War. And I've got to say, quite rightly, very critical of the, of the Vietnam War, but, but also I think was unfairly critical of young people who through no fault of their own were just caught up in this military military machine. And, and the ongoing impacts on their lives, uh, it's a story, as I said, that, that has not been told, but it's very real. It is very real, and I've even spoken to Nashos who who did go overseas, but they just didn't fight in those areas that were classified as operational service. For instance, you know Graham Jeff's accomplice here in in Queensland, he was saying that he went to Malaya. He got there four months after the government delisted it as operational. He almost died PTSD, and he you know, he was in combat, and he he just he can't even get the most basic support, and that's what I found really hard to believe. So, from your perspective well, now, yeah, sorry, go on. But well, no, you're dead right. There, there's um. When I say they didn't go, they, they they didn't do active duty in Vietnam, but a number of them were doing base patrol and and um, base yeah. protection service in Malaya, and and that was not a conflict free zone. Um, there was lethal force being applied, um, and it was a genuinely um, dangerous activity. But because of an administrative determination um, that said from you know an arbitrary date that it wasn't a conflict zone. Um, they're quite frightful experiences, um, which I think um, anybody fairly looking at it would say was the equivalent of combat duty. It's it's just ignored. Um, so so you know it's unfair on both ends for these nashos. Um, and 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 you know these 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 hard administrative lines. You would have thought fifty years on, we could show some compassion and so show some decency and move beyond them. That's a good point about the hard administrative lines. And in your capacity now, what can you actually do about it? Like what's what goes on behind the scenes now to get them more support? Well, I think one of the first things we can do is, you know, talk to the broader community about the experience of the Nashos and, you know, add our voice to their call for a fair go. And that, that's why we received the petition, we tabled the petition. And it's not my, just myself in my party. My, my colleague, Jordan Steelejohn, who now has the health portfolio, has worked with the Nashos for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and, and point out the unfairness. And, and say to young people now, imagine being pulled out of uni, being, being, you know, pulled out of your first job and being told you're going to spend two years in what were really brutal um, boot camp conditions for these young Nashos. Um, there was lots of, you know, arbitrary... Um, hazing and uh, arbitrary violence um, against many of these young men, um, being fearful that you're going to be sent off to fight in a jungle war, often being shunned by your peers, losing your relationships, you know, losing your career path, and then just sort of being spat out 18 months or two years later and told to get on with life. Imagine if that was your story and and you'd had ongoing health impacts. You'd had ongoing difficulties in your life as a result of it. And then the government said, well, actually, your service doesn't count. You, you don't actually matter. And, and that's how many of them are feeling right now. And I, I perfectly understand how they feel abandoned. So telling that story, and Aidan, what you're doing in, in telling that story through the media, that's, I think, one of the, the critical steps to, to build that, that bridge of empathy with the Nashos. Is it right in saying that you've done a bit of research into the legislative requirements and what that, what that policy could look like? 
Yeah, we have. We've, um, together, as I said, with my colleague, Jordan Steelejohn, we've drafted some private members legislation that, that is actually quite straightforward to expand the gold card eligibility to pick up these Nashos. Um, and, you know, and tragically, whilst there were, I think the estimates are there were some 48,000 of these men, uh, young men who um, were conscripted into national service but weren't classified as serving, um, it, it's been it's been you know a tough fifty years for them. There's about thirty one thousand still alive, and so we've drafted the legislation um, to to grant them the gold card and give them access to the gold card, and that's what we're really talking about here: access to full medical care and full medical support. Yeah. Um, and and we have presented that in Parliament, and we're going to present it again early next year, and and try and build the the political support for it um, in the Senate and the lower house. When did you first present it to parliament? Uh, we gave notice of it. Um, my, my colleague, Jordan Sildron gave notice of it earlier this year. Um, of course, we then had a, you know, that, 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 that messy thing called an election and we've had to refresh it all in the political space and give fresh notice of it again. The, the plan is to introduce the bill early next year and um, refer it off to committee. But I, I want to stress this, 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 this is urgent business. These, these, are, these are older men now. Um, their, their medical needs are very real and very pressing, and, and we want to get this done as soon as possible. It, it doesn't come without cost. Uh, we've also you know, done due diligence and got it costed through the Parliamentary Budget Office, and it costs... Um, a couple hundred million dollars each year to provide this additional medical support to these men. But but what that says to me is these are men who need a whole lot of medical support and medical care. I mean, the, the cost is in many ways one of the clearest arguments about why we need this bill up because these are older men, very frail, many of them suffering from the um, um, health conditions associated with their service, and they desperately need some help. So the Minister Matt Keogh's office, his office has said that it could cost up to $784 million a year for it. Does that, does that stack up with your estimates? That's not the cost in we got. The cost in we got said that it should be about $500 million, but that doesn't take into account some other savings that we could, would get from other, budget, mm. um, um, other budgets. Because obviously if you make people healthier and happier and stronger, you get some other associated um, cost benefits, but the maximum cost the parliamentary budget office gave to us was in the order of five hundred million dollars to the federal budget um, um, each year. And and I, and I say again, whilst that seems a lot of money, and it, and it is, um, it actually shows the level of care, the level of medical support that these men need and deserve. The, the cost, in many ways, is one of the strongest arguments for rolling out this support um, to these men. Because the argument that you're providing is that you can't put a, a cost on health. Well, not only should we not be putting a cost on health, um, what, 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 what the Parliamentary Budget Office did was they, they looked at the level of medical support provided to service people who are entitled to a gold card, um, and then they looked at the level of support that these men were getting, and there is a huge gap. And, and, and that huge gap means that their medical needs, their support needs are not currently being met. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's pretty bloody clear from the costings that we've got and, um, and, and you know, even clearer from the costings that the minister um, has identified. There is a huge health gap 
for these men. Much of that health gap caused by the difficulties in their life, caused by their, their service. And and we owe it to them to, 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 to bridge that gap and provide the support. So you spoke before, just just to go back a second, you spoke before about the simplicity of, of the bill that you propose. For anyone that's like out in the public, what does that mean? Like a bill that's simple, what are we looking for in a bill like that? Oh, we're looking at a bill that's about three pages long um, that effectively looks at that there's two pieces of legislation and I won't bore you with the fine drafting, but it basically just deems these nashos um, to to have had active service or the equivalent of active service. And by doing that, their entitlement to the gold card and to the medical support that the gold card gives them um, flows from that. Um, so it's actually a reasonably straightforward piece of legislative drafting. The difficulty has been moving either the previous coalition government or the current Labor government um, to, to accept that that we have that obligation to them. And 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 I've got to say, I've, I've met with the minister, Minister Keogh, and I think he's personally, you know, genuine in this space. Um, and I know Jeff, um, who's been doing a lot of the hard work, hard yards for the Nashos, has also met with the minister. Um, but while the the, the one-on-one personal response is very genuine. Um, there's been no real institutional response from the government as a whole, and 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 I think that 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 you know, I'm talking to Jeff and seeing the communications from Jeff, I I understand his increasing frustration. You know, you have these meetings, the minister's all very genuine and and um, and personable about it, but absolutely no movement from the Albanese Labor government, and that's quite frustrating. So, do you think that there's a problem with the DVA and a sense of elitism or dismissiveness? Oh, look, I I think undoubtedly there's this kind of um, um, almost prestige, and I think it's a false prestige element in the in in on the part of the the DVA where they say, well, unless you actually went to Vietnam and and engaged in a particular kind of of, of service, well, then um, you know, you, you weren't impacted by your health. You don't. You're not entitled to. You're not deserving of um, of of this level of support. And you know, as I said earlier, these were young men whose entire lives were turned on their head, mm. um, um, who were being trained to go and um, fight in you know jungle combat and combat in Vietnam, and then just because of a an arbitrary set of dates or some arbitrary rules in Malaya, um, they're ruled out of support. Mm. And that just seems to me to be bloody unfair. And when do you expect to see or when do you hope to see some more action on this, like reasonably speaking, when Parliament t- returns? is is it? Do you think it's possible to see something in the first few months or not? Well, we'll definitely be taking some action in the first few months, um, you know, representing the bill, trying to get the bill moved. Um, but I'm not going to give the, the Nashos you know, a false expectation that we'll magically fix this in the first few months. Um, we'll, repre- we'll represent the bill. We'll push for the bill to get um, to go to an inquiry. We'll push to get as much much political support as we can through that inquiry process and hopefully move the, um, the, the Albanese Labor government down the path towards providing the, 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 the gold card to these veterans. But I'm not going to pretend that can happen in a week or a month. You know, that's a, a six to 12-month process. And I suppose, you know, that's what I'm in there in the Senate to do, to drive these things through, provide that consistent pressure, work with my colleagues, work with other politicians that we can across 
the political divide to get these outcomes. And, and we're in it, you know, for as long as it takes for the Nashos. That was Senator David Shoebridge, the Green spokesperson for Veterans Affairs. And just looking at some key figures there. So he was saying that he would hope to take action in the first few months. So what's that? That was in February when Parliament first sit for the new year. And we're now in October. So you're looking at about eight months that have passed. And he was saying that he wanted to represent the bill to try and get it moved. He wanted to push the bill up for an inquiry. Well, I haven't seen that just yet. And he wanted to push to get as much political support to get some traction with the gold card. And he said that we could be in for a long process of six to 12 months. So that's my homework for now chasing up Senator David Shoebridge to see where he's at with all of this. And I suspect what we'll find is with the focus for the first part of the year on the cost of living crisis and that massive run-in to the voice to parliament referendum, I get a sense that anything to do with the gold card would have taken a back seat. So I'll make sure I get a check on that and I'll be vying to get the senator on for another chat to see what's happened in the time since we last spoke. But for now, thanks for your time. Bye-bye.